0: Hello and welcome to In The Mix, the podcast all about the Great British Bake Off and we're back for a brand new series for season 12 of The Bake Off and I'm very excited to be joined by another Bake Off fanatic, JP, hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Uh, I'm so excited that The Bake Off is back, it kind of takes over my life every sort of August, September time, Um, but I love it, it is so much fun. Um, But I was a little bit shocked by the introduction to this week's episode, were you?
1: We've been waiting months for Bake Off to come back and we are greeted by four mullets, Uh, or three mullets and Prue leaf. What on earth? It was like a bad cake dream.
0: It was. You've had the sugar rush and then you've dreamt this up somehow. And yeah, actually, to be honest, I wouldn't have been able to dream this up. This was that bad. Um, If you didn't see it, okay why, why listen to this podcast go watch it and then come back but if you didn't see it or you've forgotten too much cake something like that um you're right it was mullets it was them doing an achy breaky heart type cover that they'd spun to include the word muffin and tart and things um and but paul hollywood i mean he is sort of a serious baker but then for this he ended up looking like someone's creepy uncle in like a fringe cowboy jacket
1: The thing that scared me the most is that I think Paul scarily suited it. Like, Matt Lucas, you could tell he just had a costume on. Paul somehow sort of rocked the mullet. And Noel just looked like Noel, because I could totally imagine Noel rocking that on a Friday night.
0: Absolutely. Noel didn't look any different to what he probably usually looks like in the tent. But. (laughs) <laughs> he, he did assume a new personality in a way. Maybe he wanted to be a rock star at some point in his life, and then this was the moment that it absolutely came true. Um, but I was just thinking, because they've been previewing as well the fact that The Bake Off is going to be on for on Netflix for international viewers in the US, and I just thought yes. they watch this for like a quaint British. Oh look, everyone making jam tarts and drinking tea, isn't it fun? <laughs> um, but they're going to see this terrible parody of a song at the beginning and think, God, Britain is
1: weird. Mary Berry would never have done that. Can you imagine Beza rocking out with a mullet? No.
0: No. Mary Berry does shows with the royals at Christmas. She helps William (laughs) and Kate make a
1: fruitcake. It was just the weirdest start. And so literally, we've been waiting months for this to come back. And I can imagine there was millions of people sat down on their sofas to sit and watch it. And you're all ready for it. And you're like, yes. And then that comes up. And you're like, what have they done to bake off? Insane.
0: It was insane, and uh, what I couldn't work out was the song actually covered by Matt Lucas because it sounded like one of his "Thank You, Baked Potato" songs that I'm not really interested in. Uh, did it? Was it Matt Lucas singing?
1: I think it might have been. I had the same thing. I because obviously Paul starts off, and I was like, "That nah, can't be Paul Hollywood singing." Well, you know, surely he can't be singing that one. And then it sort of it went through, I was like, "Okay, the miming's pretty good." And then when Matt Lucas did his bit, I was like, "Oh no, that actually does." sound a little bit like Matt Lucas it's quite scary it probably was and it it, um, made me laugh because it reminded me of last year's opening for the first episode where we had Matt Lucas as Boris Johnson doing the whole um, sort of funny Covid press conference announcement sort of thing Um, but yeah this year's one was just strange.
0: It was mad Um, but other than that I thought It was good to have it back. Noel's jumpers are back. Twitter went crazy over his sort of black and pink smiley face jumper this year. Everyone wants to know where you can buy it. But I've seen apparently it's sold out. So that's going to disappoint a lot of fans.
1: (laughs) I thought it was quite tame for him, actually.
0: It was. It was easing probably new viewers in.
1: True, true. You don't want to scare them away in episode one. Although, and we'll talk about it later, I'm sure, when we meet the new bakers, uh, there was a sort of knitwear war going on between Noel and one of the bakers. Not not the dress that looked like the opposite, but someone else who I think has got potential for some zany knitwear this year. Okay.
0: Mm. I like it when they go on with zany outfits. I feel like you have to have a bit of a zany personality to go on the Bake Off in the first place. But outfits, because of Noel, they're stepping their game up, which is good.
1: (laughs) You can't be bland on the Bake Off.
0: Absolutely not. So we've got 12 new bakers this year. Um, They are all from a range of ages. The youngest is Freya at 19. She's a psychology student from North Yorkshire. And we've got uh, Maggie on the other end of the spectrum. She's 70, the oldest member of the Bake Off tent, uh, besides Prue. And um, (laughs) she is from Dorset uh, and she's a retired midwife. Um, Did you see any of the announcements about the people? Did you think, OK, I'm most looking forward to seeing that person in the tent before it aired?
1: Yeah, so when the releases came out, I think it was a week ago, two weeks ago now. I had a look through, and it's that thing, isn't it? When they come out every year, you you don't get the personality of them. And by the end of the first episode, you you know who you're rooting for, and you know who you think is going to win, and this, that, and the other. But when they come through on the press release, you're like. Okay. Um, they are an interesting bunch this year. I thought Freya obviously is going to be interesting for the fact that she is um, vegan. So it's the first time, as, as you have said before, you know, the first um, exclusively vegan baker that we've had, which I think is really interesting. And from the release as well, um, I want to say it was Chig's. I can't remember. Who's the one who has just learnt to bake? Who is our lockdown baker? Yeah,
0: that's Chig's.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, again, um, we've had, as Prue said in the episode, winners who have literally just started baking. But I think for him, because it's come from lockdown and we're still sort of in that weird COVID limbo land at the moment, I quite liked the story of having a lockdown baker. Um, Looking through the other ones, Maggie, I didn't realise that she was essentially Prue too. um, (laughs) (laughs) During the photos, but during the episode, that was explored a lot. Um, But nobody else sort of, jumped out at me in particular from the press releases and the the photos. What about you?
0: I think uh, you are just judging people on their appearance, really, which is odd when the press releases yeah. come out and the uh, social media begins to start. But um, I was really looking... I think it's because they're sort of the most... Different looking. Uh, Giuseppe, I thought with his uh, big curly hair, I was looking forward to seeing how he'd be in the tent. Um, Lizzie as well, she's got sort of uh, darker hair and then bright orange hair too, and she was wearing some zany outfits, so I thought, oh, she's going to be good. Um, mm. But yeah, the most of the uh, press and the talk before Bake Off was about Freya, because you're right, she is the first fully vegan baker that we've had, um, and she was doing dairy free in this one and everything. So Yeah, interesting. I had a few people uh, come up on Twitter and ask, you know, how are they accounting for the fact that maybe vegan takes take, vegan bakes take longer than normal baking to actually prepare and achieve. So I don't know if she's had any like extra time as if you'd have in your uh, GCSE exams or something, but uh, who knows?
1: Well, I was thinking about that and um, I was thinking about other cooking shows as well, because obviously we've got a vegan baker here and there are going to be things like this week's technical, which aren't vegan. And there was some discussion around that on social media. And I was thinking about um, another cooking show that I love, which I watch, uh, Great British Menu. They do a fish course and they've had chefs that have come through that are allergic to fish or shellfish or seafood. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting in competitions and shows when people have sometimes just got to get on with it despite the fact they can't try and taste it and that's one of the things that for Freya as we go through some of the bakes she's not going to be able to try and taste as as they go particularly with the the technicals which aren't always going to be vegan so I think that's an interesting dynamic and one thing that as we go through the year yeah I, I, I don't know how they're going to manage that and how much they're going to reference it um you know maybe that's one of the things they'll keep quiet behind the scenes
0: exactly I guess you know she just wants to get on crack on with baking doesn't want to become oh yeah the token sort of vegan baker she's already had yeah. i think abuse on social media so we don't want it to be sort of a big deal i know last year there was quite a bit of trolling and abuse later on in the final episodes of the bake-off so mm. maybe they'll just sort of remind us that she's doing a dairy-free but actually not focus on it every week that she's mm-hmm. vegan so she's going to adapt the cake this way
1: she's vegan <laughs>
0: So let's move on to the signature challenge this week. They had to create 12 decorative mini rolls, but the sponge type flavor and filling was up to them and they were given two hours to make. Now, I swear we've had a mini roll challenge for the signature challenge before, because I remember being underwhelmed by it at some point previously. And I swear I've discussed my absolute distaste. Is that a word? Disgust? (laughs) For uh, the Cadbury mini roll. They're just dull. So I was a bit... um, Surprised that we were going back with mini roll again, but we did have some good flavours. What did you think of the challenge?
1: Well, it made me laugh because I remembered our mini roll chat from the past, and uh, it's unusual that they repeat it. I can also imagine people at Cadbury sitting there with a notebook and pen planning next year's special editions after this. They're just sitting there going, Right, let's make some of these. Um, I thought they were interesting. It was obviously that's the time when we meet the new. bakers as well and, and we find it a bit more so crystal or crystal to begin with um with her coconut and chai ones which were an interesting combination and i thought okay we've landed we're not just going with normal chocolate um she started with the uh the nana story the nice sob story straight away as well it was straight back to we haven't seen nan for over a year there it is
0: yep yep Got gotta have a lot of nan chat in bake off there's so many <laughs> like uh bits you know anecdotes about nans i think people tend to learn baking or they appreciate cakes because of their nans
1: yeah to be fair Probably the same for me as well, actually. So uh, I'd be going on there with my Nana story straight away. <laughs> um, lots of Black Forest, lots, lots of Black Forest mini rolls, and I love this because not only do we have Black Forest mini rolls, but we have somebody from the Black Forest. Like that, they are the expert, and they started with him, Jürgen, great, um, and the German Flintstones as well. But that I'm sure is for another discussion. Um, and then they turn around, and then there's Tom going. Yes, I'm, I'm also doing Black Forest mini-rolls against a man from that part of Germany. Great, great, brilliant.
0: What I didn't understand was whether um, the bakers decided what they were going to come up with for their mini-rolls ahead of time, like ahead of them meeting Jürgen for the first time. Did they just meet him and then sort of somehow go, oh, I'm going to do Black Forest as the theme throughout one of my bakes this week? Because Ooh. really? What, three? We had Amanda do a <laughs> coffee twist on a Black Forest scatto. You're right. We had Tom uh, do his mini-rolls, mini uh, cherry jam, dark and white chocolate in them and... Yeah, I think the uh, was there four? There can't have been four.
1: It's just there might have been. There was something cherry later on. I think in the there was
0: uh, ah uh, Freya did her showstopper. I think as as Black Forest. So Mm. did they just all end independently? Think of Black Forest Gatto, or did they meet (laughs) Jürgen and then when he said, "Oh, I'm from the Black Forest," which is probably his icebreaker on a baking show? Did they then all like go to sleep and wake up and think they come up with a really original idea?
1: It's like subliminal, we all put Black Forest in there. Yeah. That's a good point though, because I've never thought, I wonder if they also make their decisions week on week, or if at the beginning of the um, series they go, okay, right, th- these are your your challenges, sorts of things, um, let us know at the beginning. I've never thought of that. Like, how when do they come up with their ideas? Particularly now that they're in the bubble, because obviously they do have the chance to practice, but they don't have a huge amount of chance to practice. So they're going to be cooking things at home before they come so I'm guessing they sort of devise their recipes and everything before they come and meet each other I guess, I guess I so know.
0: maybe it was a weird coincidence um <laughs> but we did some other good have some other good flavors as well um Giuseppe who is slowly becoming my favorite I for me oh. I feel like he's you know gonna be one of the ones that gets up there in the uh, yeah. final weeks he brought out the Italian flavors and did almond and orange sponges with a ricotta cheese mixed with orange blossom water I mean that's as Prue said oh. later, very elegant, very different yeah. from sort of, I guess, what the uh, the English people would be doing. There was a lot of, um, we had chocolate and hazelnut as well. That was nice. Um, mm. Freya's obviously lemon and raspberry with lemon meringue buttercream. Uh, Chiggs did his marble chocolate vanilla sponge with strawberry chantilly cream. That looked good too. So to be honest, I know I said I don't like the Cadbury mini rolls, but... These flavours, some of the flavours sounded okay.
1: They did. And uh, Rashika also did um, like a carrot cake one, I think as well. Yes. Um, which I just thought that's that's a really clever, I mean, basically they're mini Swiss rolls. But yeah, it was great to see the idea and, and the presentation of them. And as I said, I can expect three or four of these to end up in Cadbury's packets by the end of next year, if I'm honest.
0: Exactly. Um, So you're right. You said earlier that this signature challenge was the chance to meet the bakers. Um, They do that interesting bit, don't they, at the beginning, before they describe their cakes. They give a little Mm. bit of a sentence about who they are and show a few clips of them at home. And uh, Jürgen obviously outshone everybody with his little clip from home because it was Jürgen stood there with his trombone. They said he was serenading Brighton with his wife and his son, who all I think, play instruments. I think she was on a violin and maybe a son was following him on the trombone. Oh, it's um very but then, they, then they threw in Oh, and here's his rabbit just in the house. Humphrey. So eccentric. I love it. Um, but no. I just wondered what on earth do you think the Bake Off producers would say about you? And you're like one sentence, sort of introduction to everyone in the country on Bake Off. What would they describe about you?
1: Oh, that's a good question. That should be a job interview question, shouldn't it? I
0: know. Or in, the, in how to get into Oxford. Life. Yeah, that's part of your yeah. Oxford interview.
1: <laughs> but like, this is James. James is 30 and isn't teaching anymore and um makes cakes for a living not not because he's good at it just because he likes cake (laughs) uh literally just bakes all the time although I've got to mention with Jürgen's one it really made me laugh because it was (laughs) it was Jürgen to begin with playing on some sort of brass instrument and then his wife which I'm sorry looked like him in a wig Oh, Literally, God. I I didn't even realise that the camera, like the, the shot, had changed to oh God. to his wife. That they were in the same sort of position. They both wear glasses. It was like Jürgen had run around the corner, put a wig on, come back out. Maybe instrument. maybe she couldn't so make funny. it
0: for the filming that day, and so <laughs> Jürgen had no choice but to you know dress as yeah. his wife as well.
1: Who knows? We'll, we'll meet Jürgen's wife in the final. Yes, I'm putting him in that category <gasps> already. Um, but yeah, we'll meet Jürgen's wife in the final. It'll be like. Hang on, you weren't in the VT at the beginning. It was Jürgen. In it was. A week.
0: We'll know. Hopefully, they think people will have forgotten by the time that week <laughs> ten rolls around. Um, but yeah. Paul did a weird thing with Jürgen because obviously he's from the Black Forest area. Um, why on earth did Paul, instead of giving him a critique, just say, "You're from the area. You taste it," and Jürgen yeah. just was forced to eat some of his own bake and be like, "Yeah, it tastes good, but I'm like, I'm on the show. Give me some feedback, please." <laughs>
1: Is this like budget cuts? Paul is only doing two out of every three. Yeah. Um, so he's just passing it back to the baker. I thought that was a really weird moment. But also, there was part of me, despite the fact already I'd gone, I like Jürgen. I really wanted Paul just to turn around and go, no, it's awful. Um, <laughs> after Jürgen going, uh, great. Yeah. Maybe he thinks that's just how we do the bake-off over here.
0: Maybe. Who knows? I haven't I seen was... the
1: German bake-off.
0: I'd love to see German bake-off. That would be good, wouldn't um, it? But I think it was just a weird thing. It was if Paul sort of, A, he might have been nervous because Jürgen was probably, he knew more about Black Forest than Paul did. So maybe he thought, oh, so I don't say anything ridiculous and get in the Daily Mail. (laughs) Jürgen, you try it and tell me. Um, Yeah, it it was very weird. It seemed a little bit, uh, I want to say disrespectful, but that's going a bit far. That's that sort of Daily Mail language. But it did seem a bit (laughs) like you spend all this time baking and I'm not going to bother to give you any of my feelings towards it you try it yeah
1: yeah basically he just went yes um prue yeah. was nice prue, prue gave a couple of little bits of feedback but yeah paul was just like yes well well done well yeah. done Jürgen. great you
0: did it well done um <laughs> and you also brought up the fact that matt lucas sang the flintstones to him in german which hilarious that clip can just <laughs> stay in my mind rent free forever um that's it but also, I want to know if Matt Lucas actually speaks German. Did he learn it for the show? And does Jürgen know what the Flintstones are? Because when Matt said, what did you think? He was very like, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, haven't heard that for a while. And called it a text, yeah. which I liked, as if it was like an academic text to study. So maybe <laughs> nah, Jürgen was just being, just being very polite. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That was a weird moment. We'd had maybe. two weird singing moments. He got carried away.
1: Yes. Um, maybe, I don't know, Jürgen studied it for his German version of GCSE English. I, I don't know. But it was it was interesting because I did GCSE German. And so there were bits there. And I was like, oh, okay, that, that, that might translate to the Flintstones, sort of. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like, okay, okay. Interesting. Very random. Very strange. Uh,
0: mm. Matt might have uh, heard that a German contestant was coming on, so decided... I'm going to say something in German and for some reason found that online and ran with it.
1: I'm going to do that. Wouldn't surprise me. In fact, I might need to go now at some point and go to YouTube and try and find the German version of the Flintstones and see if there is one.
0: Well, I I am going to ask you to recite it next time on the episode. (laughs) So we'll see. I'll get
1: learning. I'll get learning.
0: Um, So there are a few other interesting sort of moments that came up in the first signature challenge. We had George leaving his oven door open, which I loved. You know, the tent throws people off. Um, Lizzie as well. uh, Paul came up and said, how come you're not, you know, further along? And she said, well, I'm clearly just a slow person, which I loved. (laughs) Um, And then... Jezino, i don't know if i said his name right Jezino, is that right
1: Jezino. yeah Jezino. do you know what they, they kept saying it Noel and uh, matt were saying it differently throughout the episode and i was sitting there going what
0: How? who i've got to say it on my podcast yeah, come on <laughs> yeah so jazino used 20 passion fruits in his bake which seemed like odd behavior for me um but it was yeah. it was probably needed but it seemed too many passion fruits
1: it did. And it made him look boring because they literally went, and here's Jerzino. He's zany. He's got 20 passion fruits. And then they went around and it was sort of like Jerzino in his, his VT, you know, he's a head of finance. He's 51. He lives in London. And it's like, right, okay, that, that's very different from lots of passion fruits to head of finance.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that was his a bit of eccentricity. Maybe you saw everyone else being <laughs> yeah. zany, as you say, and he was like, oh God, what can I do? Just bring too many passion fruits. That's enough
1: all the passion fruits please
0: <laughs> maybe um so that what they were looking for in the signature challenge it seemed was uh for the mini rolls to have a nice swirl they kept saying oh that was a very nice little swirl an attractive swirl and i didn't want to hear the word swirl anymore um but there was a mixture of people that just didn't seem to have any because they're feeling just splurged out uh, and other people's they did very well including giuseppe his were perfect
1: They looked incredible, didn't they? And it's funny because when they do the... I always like the bit with the challenge, you get the sort of the slow introductions and then they start editing quickly and it's like, oh, the tension's building. And they're literally going from like a brick that looks like someone's just covered it in chocolate to something that's melting to something that looks absolutely atrocious to Giuseppe's, which look like you've bought them from some sort of, you know, Michelin-style bakery sort of thing. They looked amazing.
0: They look so good. But then, unfortunately, if you compare those to the chocolate and hazelnut mini rolls from George, um, who had made them, and I think they were still quite warm when he put the filling in, so they sort of flattened. And they, they did just look like blobs on a tray, unfortunately. Um, and I think Prue and Paul said they look like pudding, not cake.
1: Yeah. It was, I mean, if you're going to start your bake with, oh, I forgot to close the oven door. Um, I, yeah, I wasn't expecting great things from him, which is a shame, because I think, you know, he's going to be... Uh, a good baker you know there might be an opportunity he did well in the technical but um yeah that was not the best start to bake off
0: Um, let's move on to the technical, because this week, again, a few people online were up in arms about the randomness of this choice. Uh, Prue set it, and she likes to go for a sort of an old-fashioned type bake in this one. It seems we had Sussex Pond Puddings last year, oh, and no one knew what they were.
1: That oh, <laughs> You're not over the Pond Puddings. It's the soggy pudding with a lemon inside it. Literally, that, sort of open whole it up, lemon. and it's like... Bleh. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah, it's
0: like some I sort did you of bring that operation. Up this series? How did you know? But anyway, Prue set uh, the challenge of a malt loaf, and they had to make homemade butter, and they were given two hours. Now they made a joke saying that only under thirty-fives eat malt loaf, and I'm going to be honest, malt loaf—what on earth is it? And I have never bought it in my life. Are you a fan of it?
1: Have you not? Now, see, I'm I'm closer to thirty-five than you, I think. I don't remember. I'm nowhere um, near thirty-five. Thank you. Great. I mean, neither am I either. But you're <laughs> further away from 35 than I am. Um, yeah, no, I quite like Malt Loaf, to be fair. And all of the range that uh, the only the only company in the world that actually make Malt Loaf as well. Um, there was a certain tweet, which I don't know which you're going to discuss later on that you put on Twitter yesterday <laughs> um, about the, the first two challenges. But yeah. yeah, literally, whenever you have Malt Loaf, it is only that company that make Malt Loaf, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I quite like it. it Yeah, but I think it's a tricky one because we all have this one idea of what malt loaf looks like. And when uh, Prue and Paul were talking about how it looked and and the result of the challenge, I was just sitting there going, well, that looks nothing like a malt loaf. Nothing like it. You know, the one that I get in a packet that is mass produced and is 79p in all available supermarkets. Um, Yeah, so it looked very different. But they sort of zhuzhed it up a bit here. But you had no idea what it was.
0: What i i mean i'm thinking it's a fruit cake but when they said malt loaf and it's cake week i was a bit confused because i was assuming mm. it's going to be some sort of like seeded brown loaf like a, a bread ah. um but it's one of those odd things you know when people say banana bread but really they mean like banana cake but they say bread to make themselves feel better um yeah it, it's like that it's just a fruit <laughs> sort of cake that's in a loaf tin is i guess where loaf comes from um and yeah, and then you put butter on it as well. So
1: it's, it's not something it's I'd one. buy. Yeah, it's well, it's well, so it's it's the malt extract in it, which is, don't get confused and put yeast extract in there. You don't want a Marmite cake. Um, but yeah, so it's this sort of malty uh, extract that goes in there with treacle and stuff that makes it. But um, yeah, no, I quite like it, but you're right. I don't think many people under... 30. Thank you. I'm bringing that down to my age. Uh, we'll know what mock loaf is. So it was quite a tricky one. And of course, I thought, interestingly, the fact they're getting them to make butter, which we've had before on Bake Off, but in the very first signature with our very first exclusively vegan bait, uh, baker, make butter. That's an
0: interesting point. I didn't really think about that because they said homemade butter, but then it was completely glossed over. Like, yeah, I think they just said homemade butter. So Paul and Prue had something to wipe onto the malt loaf to eat because they didn't say, oh, lovely butter or, oh, that was nice. They just kind of ignored the (laughs) butter and concentrated on the malt loaf.
1: Yeah, I I always forget how easy it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't sit there and make butter. But whenever they say, you know, just put double cream in a a KitchenAid until it's butter, basically then squeeze it through some cheesecloth. Yeah, it's really easy to make, but I just thought that was really strange. So the first episode with a vegan baker, let's make butter.
0: I know that is odd. That is very odd. Maybe she just sort of came in and told them while after everything was decided, oh, by the way, I'm vegan now. Um, Sorry about that. Oh, We're going to have to keep the challenges. Oh,
1: great. Yes, we'll have to keep that one. But to be fair, she did really well. And I think that goes in her favour, the fact she did brilliantly in in a technical because those could be the ones that are tricky for her
0: exactly so did you think that malt loaf itself was a good challenge because actually they all looked pretty similar so for like the Mm. untrained eye looking at the technical challenge yes it was like a brown loaf cake with some caramelized or crystallized rather uh, peel on the top so the decoration of the peel on the top differed between bakers but that was the only thing really and then we were looking out to see whether there was good distribution of the fruit inside um but they just all look quite samey you kind of want yeah. you know you kind of want to see okay if you had jam tarts for example you could see if they were not all the same size but really it was just a rectangular cake that was brown and they all pretty much look the same
1: yeah it was a really tricky one and you think at the beginning when they've got 12 bakers to separate they're going to do something that's going to make that easier Um, and they were all really close. I mean, you had a couple that, that messed it up and, you know, you got some pockets of flour in there or they didn't quite have the chew, which Paul kept going (laughs) on about. But I, I want a technical bake when somebody messes it up. You know, we've got 11 malt loaves and a Swiss roll. Um, you know, I just want something that looks awful or just completely wrong. Whereas this one was quite safe. And I suppose being the first week as well, they, Obviously, they pare down the recipes as you go through. So by the final, it's just like, you know, mix the ingredients in the correct order. Bake. And and that's like the instructions. Whereas, um, you know, in this episode, I think they, they basically have the full recipe, just not the timings and... The the oven thing, which makes me laugh as well, because they always go with the temperature of the oven. Oh, yes, just just bake it. And they're all running around going, I don't know what temperature to do. Pretty much you bake everything at 180 degrees, I've learned. So I don't know why they freak out too much about that one. But, um, yeah, I think this week's one was quite easy. And you could tell that from the fact you have 12 malt loaves, which even the worst one, I'd, I'd still give a go.
0: Yeah, I'd still eat it. You know, I'm not yeah. fussy about cake or what cake I'm eating. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think it was Chiggs, wasn't it? Who, um, oh no, they put Amanda last. Even though Chiggs yeah. had a bit that was kind of raw, Amanda just hadn't mixed her flour in. So you had pockets of flour in there, which, okay, you don't want. But,
1: you yeah, know, it was I all thought,
0: much I of a thought, muchness, really.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. I, I sort of thought they should have been the other way around because, um, to be fair, pockets of flour are not very nice. But Chiggs had some of those as well. And literally, when Paul cut it open, he just stuck his finger and went, well, that's raw. And it's like, <laughs> well, well done. It's yeah. like, you know... That, that's what I want. But again, that was a really bad version. And yeah, one of the corners sort of, you could stick your finger into, but it wasn't drastic. No, um, But yeah, Amanda and Chiggs towards the bottom and Giuseppe as well, who's again, his wasn't that bad. There were just a couple of, of little bits, I think of um, a flower in there again, which stopped him from doing um, that well. But yeah, I, I, I thought they all did really, really well.
0: Yeah, I thought it was okay. And Maggie, she seemed completely thrilled that she got <laughs> first place in the technical challenge. She, I think she was having a little cry in the VT afterwards, which I was know. quite sweet. I know. Prue uh, too got it. Prue too uh, What do you think of this whole joke about Prue and Maggie looking similar? Maggie, I wonder from her perspective, she probably likes it because it means she's getting some like airtime on the show um, and people are going to remember her, but she's actually significantly younger than Prue. Prue is in her 80s and Maggie, I think, yeah. is 71. Um, she is. Yeah, yeah, 70. And so yeah. um, Prue seemed very annoyed. You could tell. There was a few like jabs in the ribs to uh Paul this week, talking about yeah. false teeth or something. He's he is overstepping the boundary with Prue there. Um but I she didn't know. seem thrilled by those jokes.
1: She didn't, and I I, I apologise to uh Dame Prue. Uh she's not a Dame yet, she should be. Yeah. But um, you know, I I yeah, you could see that it was it was getting to her a little bit. And I wonder how much this will go through the series and um, if she is going to turn and, you know, pull a wooden spoon on, on poor Hollywood or something like that and hit somebody fully. But um, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was good. When they, they took Prue's glasses and put them on Maggie, I was like, that's brilliant. Um yeah, I think it's it's just you know a little bit of light-hearted fun. But I, completely, I got the same as you. I was like, oh, she's getting a little bit haggy about this. Yeah. This this could be interesting. Oh, this girl! And she was she literally she was like, I want to like vote Maggie out so that I don't <laughs> have this anymore. I was like, right. But she, she was one of the best. Pro- yeah, but I don't like the joke. Get her out. Yeah,
0: you know, she made your, your malt loaf prune. No one else knew what a malt loaf was, yeah. but Maggie. But now you want to vote her out because unfortunately she has the same hair colour as you and possibly talks quite similar. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I loved it that Prue said she wanted to vote her out. That, excellent. Yeah. I love yeah. that and, about Prue. And you're
1: right. Ma- Maggie, I think, would not be out of place upstairs in Downtown Abbey as well. I've been watching a lot of Downtown Abbey. And yes. literally, it's just like, oh, oh yeah, it's very, very uh, rather. And she is double um, 35 in age, hence why she absolutely aced the, the malt loaf.
0: Exactly. 35 is the age where everybody starts getting a hankering for malt loaf, apparently. So... <laughs> the showstoppers are always the best they're always the most interesting but this week we had a anti-gravity gravity gravity defying showstopper um so all of the bakers they must have had a lot of time to do this because amanda said she made her showstopper four times so there was obviously (laughs) a lot of planning um but they all created some ridiculously good gravity defying bakes so it it sort of seemed like you needed an extra accompaniment to sort of hang over the top of the cake connected by like a dowel covered with rice krispies rice krispies seemed to save the day in this challenge everyone was like, like rice krispie time and uh yeah and they were they were all helping sort of keep everything safe um there were some varying skill levels, I think you could really see on this. People whose imagination went wild. Giuseppe again, his engineering background came out. His cake looked so professional. And then you saw some other peoples like poor Tom who didn't even decide to make anything gravity-defying. Oh. I know. And you really saw the difference between who was going to be a, a really good contender in the Bake Off and then some people who really need to up their creativity. Um, but did, yeah. any, did any stand out for you, for good or bad reasons?
1: Uh, Well, Toms, I mean, literally... From that point, it made me laugh because he said right at the very beginning when he was first introduced with, with Noel, just pull the VT. He went, um, you know, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying my first week. It's great because when I'm voted out in week one, yada, yada. And then when that happens, you go, oh, come on. Like that That's that's a ridiculous mistake to make. You think, you know, is this one of those you know literary devices where foreboding, we knew he was going to go. Uh, not saying he did, just saying he predicted <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, literally, whereas the others all looked... Quite spectacular on the way to the table. Obviously, one of them um, broke at the Gingham altar. Um, his just looked like a wonky cake. It looked like he just had a cake challenge and had messed it up, really, which was a real shame. Um, I thought Giuseppe's Jack and the Beanstalk cake was incredible and looked amazing. Um, Jürgen's one as well. The, <laughs> it made me laugh. So he made this beautiful um, sort of book at the bottom and then this lamp and... Um, when he declared that he had put his spanners through the dishwasher, I was like, well done, yo. you know, taking this seriously. You know, food standards and hygiene. They didn't even try the lamp. So the bit that he'd sat there and painstakingly made with nuts and bolts and nuts in the cake and all that sort of thing. They didn't even try the lamp cake. They just had a bit of the book and Paul went, oh, is that made out of cake too? He went, yeah. He went, great. Well, well done. Try that Try the weird. lamp.
0: Yeah, why why didn't they do that? That was a bit odd. Again, what has Paul got against trying Jürgen's <laughs> cake? As Paul as Paul watched him do something unsanitary in there, that he's like, oh, actually, I'm not going to try that one. Did he see him like scratch his ear and then mix a sponge or something? Because Paul yeah. did not want to try that top, top top lamp, maybe because it had sort of no. the structure in there, you know, all the plates and everything screwed in. Maybe he didn't want to get the knife in there, but. Again, he didn't even eat the uh, Black Forest Gatto mini rolls at the beginning. So no. what on earth is Paul's problem? We're going to have to see if this continues <laughs> into next week. Um, I think we need
1: to tweet Paul.
0: We do. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll tweet him. Yeah.
1: Did you like any from the, the cakes for this week? Because they were, they, they looked brilliant, didn't they?
0: They all look so good. I think, um, well, Amanda's, hers was brilliant looking it was a wave with dolphins coming out of she was inspired by a trip to florida that she went on and she did a lemon and elderflower sponge and prue and paul said it was beautifully done i thought it Mm. looked amazing but again yeah they said that is it technically a gravity defying bake because the bit that was gravity defying was those you know, useful Rice Krispies again, being the wave. <laughs> so technically it wasn't the cake that was gravity defying. It was the Rice Krispies, but it looked really good. Um, so yeah. I liked hers. Um, who else have we got? Obviously Giuseppe. He's my favourite, if you haven't been able to guess so far. jezino um, <laughs> I really enjoy the sound of his flavour combinations. I think maybe his mm. execution isn't great you probably wouldn't buy that one at a store but he had guava lime chili um and he made swiss rolls for this cake as well sort of inside so it was a chili and lime sponge and i just i really wanted to try it it sounded amazing Mm. um but they did say that they expected something a little bit different to what he presented and i think we all did um but i did love the sound of his flavor combinations
1: Yeah, Um, it's that typical thing, isn't it? You get the sort of the flavour versus the look of it and you think some people just hit the flavour and um, yeah, you just think it's going to be brilliant. And then, yeah, you have those that, that just, you know, look fantastic and don't taste very good
0: exactly someone who did very well actually i was really impressed by their showstopper was christelle she made a whole bouquet of mm. flowers um with cinnamon sponged again with the puffed rice i don't i hate the <laughs> phrase puffed rice i know are we saying that because they don't want to say rice krispies because it's like hoover and uh, you know yeah um, i
1: hadn't thought of that actually that's a good puffed point
0: rice uh, but Love anyway trace. and so she dedicated her big bouquet of flowers which did defy gravity because it was huge she dedicated it mm. to our auntie who um, did a lot of flower arranging apparently back in the day and prue and paul said it was absolutely beautiful and the decorations were ridiculously good they were so good
1: they were good and i think although were they individual cakes or were they just icing flowers i'm trying to remember now i
0: i definitely remember her doing ice just icing flowers there was a shot of her saying that she was just doing all of her icing but maybe there was individual cakes under there but maybe because yeah.
1: there, there wasn't a huge amount of cake for hers i thought but it looked amazing and she i think could be one of those that could be a bit of a dark horse because with so. her chai and coconut uh, mini rolls at the beginning and the bouquet she didn't do too well in the technical but um yeah she's got she's got a good eye for these things and a good uh, imagination she could be quite good i reckon mm.
0: One of the things that I wanted to bring up is uh, a bit of cynicism, obviously, because we had mini-rolls. Okay, Cadbury's mini-rolls. Uh, but we did the... Uh, is it Sorine? I always say Serene. You can, you can tell I don't yeah. buy it. Sorine, which I was corrected on. Uh, my nan's name was Doreen, so it was obviously Sorine. Ah, so,
1: Sorine, uh, not though, yeah.
0: Sorine, like Doreen. Um, they... As you say, the only malt loaf brand I have ever heard of, and I have never bought one in my life, and I don't know anyone that does besides you now. Um, Thank you. But uh, they advertised in the ad break just after, after the technical challenge. And so the cynical part of me thinks, Ooh. did they make some of the technical challenge? Have they made some of the bake-off into branded content? They're ready for sales teams at Channel 4 to be able to sell advertising, you know, for in the ad breaks. Is that, is that why they picked Malt Loaf, do you think? Or is it because Prue really likes the old-fashioned things and just went <laughs> with it? Was it a
1: coincidence? She's never made it in her life um, before this month. That's a good point. See, I wonder how lost that is on people, though, because I, I'll i be honest, in the last three, four series, I've never seen an ad break of Bake Off. So it starts at eight o'clock. We don't start watching it until a good sort of eight twenty, eight twenty-five, so that we can fast forward through the the ad breaks um because it's quite a long because it's an hour and a half nearly isn't it they've so... made
0: it longer this year i swear it's usually yeah. an hour and 15 and now it's an hour and a half they've got all the ad breaks in there
1: all of the all of the product placement ad breaks but i just yeah i i never see the ad breaks, so i wonder how much that will backfire and i imagine most people don't either i mean again i tend to um sit and pause and you know fast forward through it sort of thing if I didn't I'd be making myself a cup of tea every break because I'd or get myself a biscuit or a piece of cake because you just have that inclination while watching Bake Off so I wonder how many people actually do see the adverts in Bake Off probably not many
0: that's true actually but I think the many people don't tend to watch live TV ads live now, as you mm-hmm. say. People do want to fast forward the ads because even my boyfriend said, oh, should we wait a minute so we can fast forward the ads? And I was like, oh, no, I want to watch it live just in case anything <laughs> mad happens. And then the first thing we see is poor Hollywood in a mullet. And I was like, this is why we watch it live. Um, <laughs> but I do agree. People tend to, if they want to watch a show, don't watch it live. But I think Bake Off... I mean Bake Off. People watch Strictly. I'm not a Strictly fan, but that's another one. People Mm. are watching these shows as live, like everyone used to do back in the day when there wasn't streaming services. It's one of the only shows I think gets watched live. So maybe you're right. People with Sky do fast forward, but I think I I imagine it is a lot of money to have your um, brand in the middle of Bake Off. So they must they must have. Data. Well, the TVs are going to be still on in people's houses, whether they're watching it or not, whether they're in the toilet or making a cup of tea or, you know, snacking on their cake. At this point, we don't know, but there will be a lot of TVs on. So I imagine that Soarin paid a fair few pennies for their collaboration with Bake Off, and I'm I'm going to be cynical, and I'm going to say that, you know, someone in the production team thought we're going to do malt loaf, and then told the Channel Four sales team so they could get right on Soarin and uh, Mm. let them know to do an advertising campaign at the time. I don't think it was coincidence.
1: No, do you know what? You've Brainwave there, because the amount of people who live tweet throughout and are tweeting about it the whole time and are keeping up with the pace of the show, you're right, actually, I think people probably are live. People probably didn't see the advert because they were tweeting during the ad break, but they probably heard it.
0: Exactly, that's true. Um, I
1: think think you're right to be cynical, though.
0: Yeah, so the cynical sort of thing does lead me on to... um, asking how much of the bake-off do you think especially now now it's become you know huge it's still huge it's riding the crest of oh, the yeah. wave at the moment still how much of it do you think is planned because it's on tv so how much do you think the bakers are sort of chosen because their stories or their personalities would be good to be on tv rather than their baking skill so for example mm. chiggs his story is really good because he started baking in lockdown and you know that's a good story they probably went in wanting to find someone who Okay, he's a lockdown baker. We're all doing banana bread. Maybe we can have someone on this year that's only been doing it for a year, you know? So, uh, because again, my boyfriend was like, well, he's only been baking for a year. That seems unfair, but (laughs) it's a great story, you know? So I think that. And then we had the gravity defying cakes. Come on, we only picked that. So maybe there'd be a TV moment of a cake falling over. So and, we got,
1: I, and we got two of them.
0: We did. We actually which did. Which great. <laughs> yeah. We ha- Amanda's fell over after judging, thank goodness. And Chig sort of was cradling a, a jug that was the gravity defying part sort of his of cake as he brought oozed, it up to the front. It just did.
1: oozed off of the stick. It was lovely.
0: Yeah, lovely. So do you, do, are you as cynical as I am? Do you think that they are really thinking about what would be good on social media? You know, clips of cakes falling over and who would make a good story?
1: Yeah. Do you know, I think it's one of those things where um, this is reality TV and we as a nation love reality TV as a world. Let's be honest here. It's become huge. And I think that, yeah, of course, you know, we are going to have people that are there because they are great entertainment or they've got a great backstory. Um, You think about Peter last year, you know, he was young, he was really keen at baking, but there could have been 20 of him but he was the one who was the best fit for tv um when we think about kim joy in the past you know she was always going to stick out as a character um and she had a different sort of style and influence and i know a couple of people who've auditioned for bake-off um, and for masterchef very similar and you know there are so many rounds to it because you first of all get sort of the phone call where they'll ask you you know they'll have a bit of a chat with you and find out a bit more about you then they'll ask you about your sort of baking knowledge and what you might cook in this situation or bake in this situation but it's also about the story you know it really is how they're going to um put you on the screen and i suppose if they can't make a character out of you which the audience aren't going to like and really want to get behind then they're probably not going to put you on TV, I suppose, and and put you into the series. They want characters in the tent. Um, I think it sort of backfires a little bit last year with Laura. And we were talking about the trolling, you know, earlier on in, in the podcast. And I think, you know, for, for Laura last year, she um, was brilliant. You know, she was, she was a, a great character. And I think that her story and character... Helped her get through when people thought that she shouldn't have got through on her baking, but it's more about the sort of the rounded person and the storyline that they go through. Of course, I don't, I don't think they fix it, and that's always the big thing that we'll get every year. And I can guarantee by the end of October, we'll have people shouting "fixed" because somebody's you know um, done something and they don't agree, and we, and we get that every year. But I think, yeah, they definitely are very. Well, they, you know, they have cast- casting directors who are going to be very clever about who they put into the tent. Um, you know... Um- Maggie, for example, the sport fanatic retired midwife, um, you know, she didn't just get in because she likes to play tennis and sounds like she's on Downton. She got that because she looks a bit like Prue and probably said that in her audition. Um, yeah, I again, this, this, there's the, this, the cynical part of me, but I'm glad that they do that, because if you had the opening introduction VT for somebody who you know, like me, was sitting at a desk right now. Um, it probably wouldn't make it the most interesting. You know, we think about Jan back in the day in her lab, or Giuseppe this year in his lab. You know, it it just gives you an idea of that character straight away and, and that person. And I think that's one of the things that I love about Bake Off. At the end of today's episode, I felt sorry for the person who was voted out. I felt really happy for the person who... um was star baker and i knew all of their names by the end of the first episode because they they all had something about them which reminded me And when they came up on the screen i mean they have their little name tags but you you already sort of get that sense of the character i know the people who i want to win and i think everybody does so it's very clever how they put that together
0: yeah it really is I think that's a good point I, I do think by the end of that first episode we did know who everyone was okay Jürgen trombone German Black <laughs> Forest we know who he is so Duck. you're right they kind of play on the characters just so everyone can get involved and it, 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 it means that people are invested a little bit more um, mm. so did you think that Tom this week Tom was the one to leave unfortunately do you think he was the right person to go
1: um <sighs> I'm not 100% sure with this week. And again, I think it's tricky because in the first episode, you've got 12 of them and it could be for anything. Um, I think that when it come when it came to the decision, he didn't do amazingly well in the signature. He was top half in the technical, only just, he was all sort of midway in technical. I, I think it was just that big element of, he, he sort of missed the brief, um, but it was disappointing in a way. You know, we had Chiggs, whose cup sort of oozed off of the stick. He came 11th in the technical and his signature bake wasn't great at the beginning as well. So I think he could have been a contender for that one. Amanda, obviously she didn't start amazingly well. Her showstopper was, I thought, great. And I thought actually the anti-gravity convinced me. So I, I was happy with that one i suppose it you know probably there was a coin flipped or a you know straw drawn at the back because i I think it was quite tricky it was quite close to the bottom it was it was
0: difficult yeah the first week i guess is always difficult because they spend the entire episode introducing the bakers to us you know right up until the end of the last minute they're still telling us what their showstopper is going to be because there's so many people um so tom i thought tom was good again he was a great character he's from maidstone in kent Go, Kent. And uh, he runs a model railway business. So, I mean, what a great guy. I wanted to hear more about him. Um, But he shot himself in the foot, really, during the Showstopper challenge. He went in sort of uh, a point behind because when the judges were discussing with him, he sort of said oh, uh, it might not be anti-gravity. It just has a substantial lean to it, you know. So he's already said, look, I haven't followed the brief, which I think is the real reason that Tom was chosen yeah. in the end because he didn't even give the anti-gravity a go. Um, mm. His uh, mini-rolls, um, thinking back, uh, they said they're not much of a mini-roll. Um, and there wasn't much Cherry. bit sort of indifferent about them, really. Um, and then in the technical challenge... I can't really remember where he came, but I guess he didn't uh, really stand fifth. out fifth. Oh, well, there we go in, in yeah. the middle, still high up there, but you know, in the middle, but I do think it came down to the fact that he didn't actually give the anti-gravity thing a go. Um, whereas Amanda, who they said, your cake might not be anti-gravity. It was still high. There was a bake sort of a yeah. food element that was still high. Um, but yeah, Tom, I'm sorry to see him go, but mm. he, he, he didn't even give the last one a go. Really? Um, It was just a a leaning cake. It was a wonky cake. It wasn't gravity (laughs) defying. It was a wonky
1: cake. Yeah. It was just a little bit wonky. No, I agree. I think there's a few that could have been... um, I felt sorry to see him go, but I wasn't surprised. And neither was he. And he predicted it at the beginning of the show.
0: He did. Yeah, I know. You should think that people will have learnt by now. Don't say, oh, I think I'm going out in (laughs) week one. Because you are going out in week one. Stop doing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You jinxed it. Well done.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Jürgen... You have a love of Jürgen, I can tell. He was Star baker this week. You've already predicted that he's going to be in the final.
1: I do. So I have a final four and he's in Ooh, it. Ooh, okay. Um, and yeah, no, I think his was, was really good this week. But again, I think it could have gone for a few of them, probably the people that I've got in my final four. I think there were four who, who could have taken it this week. So again, it's one of those ones of, um, you know, how do they decide who it's going to be? um but his technical uh sorry his showstopper cake i thought was was you know really really good um even if paul didn't really try half of it but there you go i'm not bitter um yeah no i think he'll be a good one he could be one though that falls down later on
0: possibly i reckon
1: i think out of the four that i think could go quite far he's the one that i think could be a little bit hit and miss um but yeah no i, I think it was deserved for him this week
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing how the Bakers get on next week in Biscuit Week, which is always a fun one. They're bringing back interactive biscuit toys. We had biscuit board games a few years ago, and now it's biscuit toys. I saw someone, there's a pool table that's going to get made. They were playing, which already looks brilliant. I can't wait for that. Um, So yeah, for me, me, I think that Giuseppe, he's going to be up there in the (laughs) final. This is my big prediction because last year, I predicted from week one <laughs> randomly somehow that Peter was going to win and he won. Yes, so did. am I like sort of the, uh, you know, they get like the, the magic octopus that predicts the World Cup or whatever. Am I like the Bake Off <laughs> equivalent of that? I hope not. Um, so I'm predicting that Giuseppe, he's going to go very far. Who else do we have? Um, Freya, I think the vegan uh, bakes might be quite hard. So she might trip up sort of further down the line. But so far, she has seemed to make vegan cakes amazing. So I think she probably could go quite far. Um, Who else have we got? Uh, Christelle, I think she could go far because she's got really good flavours. And also Mm. her designs seem to be good. Uh, and, and, And Jürgen, there we go. They they're my four. Ah.
1: So that's your final four. So they're my mine's final very four. similar. Mine's very similar. I have got Jurgen, Ovs. Um, Freya, I think not only um will she compete with Noel in the crazy knitwear department. Yes. It was her that I mentioned earlier that's on. Her. Just them standing next to each other, I was like, Noel, what are you playing at? It's quite normal. Um it made his his, his outfit look normal this week. I think Giuseppe will be up there as well. And I do think Maggie might make the final four. Oh, Maggie, yes. you're right, Christelle, I thought Christelle and Maggie, I I couldn't work out which one to put up there. I think Christelle, I mean, she came eighth in the technical and, and... I don't know, might might struggle at times. Um, but yeah, I think for me, final four, Maggie, Jurgen, Freya and Giuseppe, but I can't call a winner yet.
0: Love it. Well we're gonna see if that comes true throughout the next ten weeks. I'm looking forward to doing it in the mix and watching more bake off for the next ten weeks. It's a nice it's a nice, wholesome, fun time and we get to take the mick out of people who are baking cakes, even though we're not baking them ourselves. So it's a great time um thanks so much jp it's always fun to have you on the podcast uh i look forward to having you back on next week if you're around
1: oh always i'll be back
0: yeah excellent (laughs) cool thank you very much to everyone who's been listening this week and if you have enjoyed in the mix and want to keep in touch with us or send us a message or see clips from the show or whatever you can follow us on instagram now at bake off pod and we'll be posting on there a lot throughout the bake off so if you like the podcast subscribe and head over to instagram